Welcome to Hashtag Influencer, hosted by Babelbox CEO Sherry Langberg. Sherry interviews the world's biggest brands, agencies, and influencers to uncover their influencer marketing secrets to success. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review Hashtag Influencer wherever you get your podcasts from. On this episode, Sherry is joined by Dylan Kim, co-founder and head of marketing at Brevity, a direct-to-consumer backpack company that makes fun, functional, and innovative backpacks designed for everyday life. Dylan co-founded Brevity in 2015 with his brothers Elliot and Brandon after searching for a bag that could support their everyday needs, function as a camera bag for travel, and still look good. Over the last six years, the brothers have bootstrapped Brevity from a prototype they designed in college to an Instagram-famous brand with six products and over 2,000 five-star reviews. Today, Brevity is one of the top camera brands on the market, focused on creating sustainable bags that support their larger mission of giving back to the greater good. Hi, Dylan. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Sherry? I am great, and I feel like this is going to be an exciting conversation covering a lot of things, but before we get into that, can you just tell everyone out there who you are, where you come from? Yes, yes. So I'm Dylan Kim. I am one of the co-founders of Brevity. I'm head of marketing here. I co-founded this brand with my two brothers about six years ago. We're a uh, direct-to-consumer brand based in Brooklyn, and we sell fun and innovative backpacks, primarily camera bags, but we also do everyday bags as well. Awesome. So you said something really interesting, six years, and I know you're booming, but people think, and you know, oh, it takes, you know, all these direct-to-consumer brands overnight, they, you know, they're unicorns. What's it like being an entrepreneur, six years of daily grind? Just give us a little bit of that. Yeah, I think a lot has changed, right? Like the, the world moves very quickly now. And I think because we've been around for so long, kind of identifying those changes, you know, even some of these platforms, you know, you mentioned TikTok and we're seeing a lot of success there. TikTok wasn't even a part of the conversation Mm -hmm. 18 months ago. Like there was not, I don't even think I really, really necessarily knew what it was. I kind of seen some light advertising. So the fact that it's, you know, a a bigger part of our mix today is, is really interesting. So I, I would say that's the biggest thing I've noticed over the past six years is that there's just, you know, the plans change, the emphasis, just where people spend their time, all of that has just shifted so dramatically. And so when you're working like that, you know, you're obviously there's a mix. I mean, you're obviously doing a lot of, you know, media buying on social, whether it's TikTok or Instagram, but what other channels are you focused on? Is it like just, you know, becoming real? You're you're not selling on Amazon because you're direct to consumer, right? So we are actually available on Amazon, but that's part of the strategy there is just like meeting the consumer where they are. Something that we really, really focus on is is really kind of cultivating uh, a community. So that's, you know, Instagram has been amazing for that and just cultivating a community of, you know, very avid, you know, photographers, filmmakers, and just really passionate people, I would say, and really just having like a place for them to kind of showcase that. And then of course, you know, like our email lists, our SMS lists, really just once people are kind of like in our community, making sure that we're really communicating with them and making them feel included as well. Interesting. And so tell us a little bit more about the product line, what inspired you to launch it, what's unique about it. I know that there's something related to like a backpack for photographers or camera, you know, aficionados, but tell us more about how you got started in this space. 
Yeah, absolutely. So the the very startup-y story was about six years ago, I was traveling abroad. I was looking for an affordable bag that could hold my camera and other things that looked nice. And so taking those kind of three simple aspects, you know, affordable, you know, could fit things besides your camera and then looks nice. And I couldn't find anything. So my older brother was trying to get into design school at the time. And he's also a phenomenal problem solver. So I went to him and I was like, Brandon, can you help me find this bag? He couldn't find anything either. And he was like, why don't we just, you know, why don't we just make one? And so like that day or very soon after we went to a thrift store, got a sewing machine, went to, yeah, went to Joanne's fabric and we're off to the races. So he actually taught himself how to sew, made a bag. And then we kind of just, we're off to the races from there. Uh, Launched on Kickstarter that that Kickstarter became organically kind of fully funded. And then before we knew it, we were shipping out 300 bags all over the world. And then it just kind of never stopped. And so even today, we no longer sell that bag, but kind of the the core of what we do in, on the product front is very much the same. So designing these kind of, you know, fun, functional bags, they can hold your camera, they can hold other things, and they come in a bunch of different colors. So really kind of never losing those core tenants, even though the product has evolved pretty drastically over time. Amazing. So how do you go about just you, you have no idea how to do this prototype? Where did you even go to find someone to take the bag? And I hope your brother and you, you, you guys frame that first iteration of the bag or have it somewhere in, you know, but how do you go about just finding the right? And I'm just doing this because so many people come to us, like, how can we launch a product? Like, where do you go to find the right person or the right company to produce the, the, the product? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's a great question. So we just reached out to like pretty much anyone we could find, um, <laughs> you know, like we reached out to other Kickstarters, we reached out to other brands and, and maybe it was part like naivete, but we ended up getting a whole kind of myriad of responses. So, you know, everything from, oh, here we are, here's who we use. We would get, you know, no response or some people would be like, I'm not telling you who I use. And then, so we kind of using that approach, just reached out to a bunch of different people, figured out the names of a couple, and then kind of just went from there. And then we're no longer kind of with our original manufacturer as we've kind of grown and scaled our, our needs and requirements have definitely changed a lot but that was like kind of the great first foothold was just kind of reaching out to as many places as we could find like learning kind of like the ins and outs and and the jargon and all of that and then kind of evolving from there amazing i'm so fascinated now the kickstarter angle of it how why did you decide to go that route i mean what did you think was the hardest part of kickstarter the benefits for you yeah, so I think it's it's great as a platform to validate an idea. So we had, you know, no, it's not like we, we came in like well-funded or anything like that before we launched the Kickstarter. So the Kickstarter was our first real introduction to the world. And so I, it, it really validates the product very quickly. You know, people either will kind of pre-order the product or not. And it's a r- phenomenal validation tool. So when we launched on Kickstarter, that was, I guess, like the overall point was trying to figure out like, would this product actually live in the real world? Yes or no. And mm-hmm. we were fortunate enough to become like overfunded. And then, yeah, it, that kind of was our initial launching point. Amazing. 
Okay. And that helps you because then you have these consumers who are excited and they're probably helping with, you know, seeding the message out there to friends, family, word of mouth. But when you finally were ready to start marketing this product, I'm going to assume that social was a big area for the push. Yes. And specifically Instagram was initially was, was quite important and it still remains, you know, our most active channel. I think something that was interesting with Instagram in 2015 was Mm -hmm. it's, so remarkably different than it is today. Like I would say a creator with, you know, a hundred to 200,000 followers in 2015 would be equivalent to someone who has probably like 10 million today or something like that. So kind Um, of how TikTok is now. Yes. Yes. And it will be so interesting to see how that goes. But with Instagram, you didn't really come across like tons of accounts, nowhere near as many as today that had large followings. And so we actually, we were doing kind of influencer marketing very much from like the early days before it was even called that necessarily. There wasn't really like a coined term. We were just reaching out to people that had large followings, gifting them bags, asking really for nothing in return. And that's, you know, that was one of the ways we were able to achieve kind of growing a community very much in the early days. That's amazing. Have you ever had any of those Instagrammers collab with you on like, oh, I'm going to like a lot of brands create partnerships with the influencers to design a bag or to do something with a bag? Yeah. So we haven't um, done any of those collaborations yet. They're definitely not out of the question for the future, but we just haven't really explored that. It's so interesting. I mean, I think that there's so much opportunity for a line like this, collabs with influencers, collabs with other brands, licensing opportunities. Um, happy to share all my ideas with you after we have this call. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll probably bombard you with ideas. I so, love it. Big ideas guy. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of Instagram too, are you doing, do you see a lot I mean, again, I'm just going from what I see from the brands we work with on the DTC side. It's very, you know purchase driven, get me a sale. Do you do stuff that's, you know, paying like the paid media through influencer accounts like going into their back end and whitelisting their content? Have you ever done that? Yeah. Yeah. So love whitelisting. I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. We, we do quite a bit of it as well. And then I think one thing I always find maybe a little funny about working with influencers or how brands typically perceive working with influencers is is expecting like everything to be like hyper performance driven so like i think a great thing for us is we still do a lot of gifting and we love working with creators in that way just to really you know give them a bag kind of you know would love for you to post with it if not like you know if you ever take photos like send them our way and so like we're able to get like really nice content for our feed out of it and you know that's more or less the expectation is like oh, this content that we have will now help us sell bags as opposed to like- I mean, yeah. Right, right? Whereas I think- um, Yeah, people don't realize that. Like you're not just getting the awareness when they promote, but then you could reshare it. And then it's like a whole content division that you don't have to hire photographers and people, you have the content now. Exactly. And I think a lot of, and and that in, in turn, you know, for us sells bags, right? Or sells your product, whatnot. Whereas I find that sometimes a lot of some other brands that I speak with or things like that, they're, they're so hyper-focused on like, oh, wow, like this one creator, like didn't work out for us. So we're going to like scrap that, or we're going to like cut it way down. Whereas it's, you know, yeah, when they say they didn't work, it's because they didn't drive this many sales. But at the end of the day, they might've gotten a picture or a photo or a message or a video that is worth $20,000 or $5,000 or whatever. 
Exactly, exactly. And so I think it's much more so about the process than, and it's it's about the process and it's about, you know, treating these creators right. And for that's, you know, why for us, like we don't, we kind of give like light guidelines or, you know, best practices, that kind of thing, but it's never like, okay, here's exactly what we want and how we want it to look. You know, it's more just like, this will make the bag look the best in your shot, you know, that kind of thing. So much more kind of like guiding as opposed to kind of like forceful, like this is the box you you must, <laughs> right? you know? Right. And so now in terms of the types of influencers you work with, I'm going to assume obviously photographers, but what other niches or verticals or sizes, whether it's nanos and micros and what's working for you or what, what, what do you think is, is beneficial for the brand? Well, it's funny because I probably would have to have nano and micro defined to me, but we, <laughs> but we work with all sizes. So even, you know, we have people just with uh, a few thousand followers, you know, and, and for us, it's like, if you're, ta- if you're a talented photographer or filmmaker or creator, like we want to work with you. And we're pretty like niche agnostic, I would say. I think like we want kind of a lot of our content is very, you know, kind of light and inspirational. And so we, we try to find people that kind of exude that vibe, but yeah, we've kind of worked with so many different people across so many different verticals, you know, whether it's like travel photographers or fashion photographers, or, you know, just like fashion creators or Mm -hmm. things like that, you know? Yeah, it could, it could be inserted into anything. I mean, you could, if you want to go more mainstream, you could do moms with kids who are older or college kids. It could be, you could, you know, everyone needs a backpack. Exactly, exactly. And, I, and that's, you know, very much kind of what, like where we see ourselves as, you know, is, is a bag that you could, you know, bring to the office, but then a bag that you could also go to high school or college with. And it's, it's not too much of a stretch or us trying to, you know, square, whatever, square peg, circle hole or whatever. <laughs> There's so many opportunities. So let's move on to TikTok. You guys are like famous now for becoming like massive on TikTok. What happened? Tell us about how this played out for you. And was there one thing or, you know, you tell us. Yeah. So it's funny because I feel like we still have so much growth to happen and it's been quite recent, I would say. I think since we've been kind of lightly active for about a year, just really kind of figuring out the platform, like kind of what works for us in terms of content. But I think what I love about TikTok is that it forces you as a brand or a person to really communicate a lot and and really work on kind of the messaging that you're kind of crafting like your narrative with. So for us, we've seen uh, a lot of success within the past two months. And a lot of that has come from just us really kind of telling the world like who we are. And I think Instagram kind of achieves that in a different way than let's say like YouTube achieves that. And then TikTok achieves that kind of in like a completely different way as well. So they're each kind of, each platform is great for different types of messaging. But I think for us, like getting across a lot of like very quick messages has been great. And so, and it's allowed us a really good platform to respond to any sort of criticism. So we reach a lot into kind of like I wouldn't say like hate comments, but they're kind of like internet troll comments, you know, like, why would I pay this much for a backpack? And what do you do? So we just, we just reply. And so we kind of use that as (laughs) as a, as a, as a launch point to have a much larger discussion. So we'll, a great example would be like, you know, people are like, why are your bags so expensive? And then we'll take that and be like, 
our bags are expensive because, you know, we're using high quality materials, you know, it's our own custom design, you know, made in a sustainable and ethical factory. And your, you know, your profits are, uh, the profits that we make are going to good endeavors such as uh, like this, we just did a, a large bag donation. And then we've also just donated to a, a bunch of different charities over the past year. So kind of like allowing that language to kind of come out in a pretty organic way has been great. It's, it's interesting because, you know, that's where you see the whitelisting, like, and a lot of the influencers are hesitant. They're like, they want to be let whitelisted because they'll get more eyeballs, but then they're afraid because all of a sudden you get all these haters and comments and it's like, how do you just, so that's a great tip, like just feed into it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think TikTok in particular kind of allows for that a little more maybe than Instagram, but I, I completely, I mean, I feel like whitelisting is just, it's such a wonderful tool for influencers to have and to be really able to expand their reach. You know, there's some creators that we've been working with for well over a year. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So five-star review, 1,500 five-star reviews I read. What does that mean? Like, you're like, you, how did you make this happen that you're a brand that has this positive, this much positive feedback? Yeah. And so we actually just passed uh, 2000 yesterday, which was pretty, oh, wow. yeah. And so, I mean, it really comes down to the product. And so that's something that we really, really focus on is just having, you know, the best product, the highest quality that we can. That's really, really what it comes down to. So the idea is that, well, you know, we have this like very light and fun branding, but then at the end of the day, the product speaks for itself. And so we actually see a lot of recommendations. So a lot of it, a lot of customers are like, oh, my, you know, best friend had this bag and I loved Mm -hmm. it. So I bought it or, you know, my cousin's obsessed with this. So I had to get it, you know? And so having kind of the product be almost its own marketing channel, because we've really focused on delivering the highest quality at the best price we can has been amazing. Amazing. So now I'm curious, you have the backpacks, what's next? Yeah. So continuing just within the bag space, we feel like we're kind of just getting started in that sense. We're really big on kind of like, like feedback and, you know, we love hearing from our customers, things like that. So we have a lot of really exciting stuff in the future and then just, you know, continuing to, to grow on TikTok and really harbor this community of very driven people. Primarily it's been photographers, filmmakers, but really just, you know, we are, we do create backpacks kind of for the internet creator. And I think we're just in such an amazing time where that internet creator can be really anybody. You know, I feel like I I laugh to myself almost because like, even just like some of the like creators that I've seen on TikTok that come to mind, whether it's, you know, like a mother cooking in her kitchen and like that is what she does, you know, or just like, I think there was even one guy came across and he has like, he's super passionate about like raising goldfish. And I, (laughs) I know nothing about that, but it's amazing that at this, you know, in 2021, that you can really kind of follow your passion. And that's really kind of who we want as our customers is just this unbelievably passionate group of people. Yeah. So very, very excited. You are very, very inspiring and I'm smiling from ear to ear. So I'm going to ask you now to share for everyone where they could find you, your website, your channels, go for it. Yeah. So we're just at Brevity, B-R-E-V-I-T-E on all socials. And then we're Brevity, B-R-E-V-I-T-E dot C-O. That's our website. 
Awesome. And now my last question for you, which I always ask, answer at your own risk, is name an influencer you love to follow but hate to admit that you do. Oh man, I'm trying to think. That's a that's a great question. What it I'm I like I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna take out my phone. <laughs> I feel like it's probably someone on TikTok. See, I just have easy ones. Like I follow all these Snoopy accounts because I'm obsessed with Snoopy. So it shows how nerdy I am. But yeah. I'm trying to think. <laughs> you I've can never, get back I, to me if you want. I, I'll have to. I've never been asked. So I, I don't, I don't know. That's a maybe, great question. Maybe it's the, the mother cooking in the kitchen. Yeah. Oh my God. Or this, <laughs> this, this goldfish guy. Right, right, right. Oh the goldfish God. guy. But I'll, I'll, I have, I have a good answer. So I'll let, let me get back to you on that. But there's definitely some like, it's <laughs> funny, you know? Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We're wishing you the best of luck and please stay in touch. And, you know, we're always here for you. Yes. Thanks, Sherry. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hashtag Influencer. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts from. For all of our episodes and more information about our guests, head to podcast.babblebox.com. That's box with two X's. And stay tuned for next week's episode, where Babblebox CEO Sherry Langbert interviews another great guest. This is Hashtag Influencer.